Welcome to Burnside at Home for Sunday the 9th of October. Uh, today is our Harvest Thanksgiving and you're very welcome to come and join us in uh, the church building any Sunday at 11am. And today we're giving thanks for the harvest and we are also going to be thinking about how Jesus talks about the harvest in the Bible. Uh, so let's... Um, begin by um by by turning to psalm 126 in psalm 126 the psalmist describes what it is like to be blessed by god in terms of sowing and reaping and this is something that we all long for at this harvest time psalm 126 When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Let's turn to God in prayer. Gracious Creator, you have given us so much. But too often we take those gifts for granted or as something to which we are entitled. You call us to live in caring community. But too often we place our wants and needs first with those of others a distant second. You call us to share your gifts with the world around us. But we are worried that there may not be enough. And our worrying gets in the way of our sharing. For all the times when we mistreat and misuse your gifts, for all the times we assume that we get what we have by ourselves, forgive us and lead us back to the path of wisdom. Lord, you are a gracious giver. You are gracious in forgiveness. You call us to new patterns and new life. We praise you that we are a forgiven people. Thanks be to you, the Lord Almighty. Amen. We're going to read together um, two passages. First of all, from Revelation chapter 14. And although this is not the next passage in the book of Revelation in our series, it would seem a shame that uh, we, we don't look at the harvest that's mentioned in the book of Revelation. So let's read together. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will fill them. I looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, take your sickle and reap 
because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the clouds swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Still another angel who had charge of the fire came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine, because its grapes are ripe. The angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. They were trampled in the winepress outside the city and blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as a horse's bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. Amen. And we pray that God will bless to us uh, this reading from Revelation. Now we want to read from Psalm 65 uh, again, where God speaks about the harvest. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Saviour. The hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who still the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Amen. And once again, we ask that God would bless this reading of his word. Today then, we come to the harvest Thanksgiving and we discover that Jesus loved to use the harvest as an illustration in his teaching. I wonder what harvest time means to you. For me, it always conjures up memories of being on my grandfather's farm and the excitement of tractors and people and machinery that wouldn't normally be seen in the fields, but at harvest time were commonplace. For Jesus, the harvest is usually a picture of what happens at his second coming. And that's what we find in our passage from Revelation today. I know that I'm skipping ahead a few chapters, but it seemed like a good idea to go to the harvest in the book of Revelation. And this is Jesus revealing the day of judgment to us. But there are a few other better known stories, perhaps, whenever Jesus speaks about the harvest from the Gospels. Maybe you're thinking of the parable of the wheat and the weeds. 
Jesus told them another parable. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. Now this man's servants wanted to go and pull up the weeds and get rid of them immediately. But the man who had sown the wheat didn't want this. No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Later on in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus explains to the disciples what this parable is all about and what is happening here. He says, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Jesus warns that this is what is going to happen. When he comes back again, the day of judgment will take place. And the separation of wheat and weeds will also take place on that day. Because we're all allowed to live together up until that day, many forget that the day is even coming. Many do not realise that they are weeds and will face the wrath of God. They assume that either there never will be a day of judgment or they will be okay on that day. By the time we get to the book of Revelation, John once again is shown behind the scenes in heaven of what is about to take place. And it simply gives us a different perspective on what Jesus has already told us. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 13 that the Son of Man would send out his angels. And that's what we find in Revelation that the angels have these sickles and they are ready to come upon the earth and bring in the harvest. So here in Revelation 14, we have the revealing of the harvest. And the revealing of the harvest in Revelation tells us about a harvest that will take place on the earth. Now this harvest is a good harvest. The harvest is ripe and ready. This is the seed that was sown on the good soil. Remember the parable of the sower, another story that Jesus told about the harvest. This is the harvest that Jesus lamented. There just simply were not enough workers to reap. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And as Jesus returns, he will gather those who are ripe. 
The angels said, take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Those who have trusted in Jesus are ripe for the harvest. Those who have grown from the seed of the word of God planted deep within them are ripe. Those who have accepted the offer of forgiveness and repented of their sin, they are ripe. And to be counted among the number then will be harvested. We will be taken to be with Christ and we will have nothing to fear. Harvest time is a time of rejoicing when the crops are brought in. There's a sense of security for the year ahead. Everyone is able to join together and give thanks. And that is what we do today as we gather for the harvest. We give thanks to God for what he has provided for us. We know that he can be trusted and that he has not forgotten us. So that's the harvesting of the earth. But there's also another side to this harvest. Because if that was the wheat being gathered in, what about the weeds? Verse 17 of Revelation 14 tells us about the second harvest. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven and he too had a sickle. This harvest is a grape harvest this time. But the grapes are not being brought to Jesus. Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth of vines because its grapes are ripe. The angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. These grapes that are part of this harvest, they are being put into the winepress of God's wrath. And this winepress is not a good place to be. For a start, the wine press is outside of the city. The city is always seen as a place of protection and security, but this wine press is beyond the city walls and therefore is not a safe place. This is not a, a fine wine that's being produced here in the wine press. This is punishment being executed. And as we read on, it is a horrific scene. There's blood everywhere for about 180 miles. This is about the length of Israel. So the whole of Israel is going to be covered in blood as high as a horse's bridle. Such is going to be the destruction at this time of judgment. This is not just a few who are being trampled in the wine press. But many. This is what will happen when Jesus returns. We will either be gathered in the harvest to Jesus Christ or we will be trampled in the wine press. You know that hymn, Mine Eyes Have Seen the Glory of the Coming of the Lord. We sing about this very event from Revelation 14 in that hymn. And I'm not sure we always fully appreciate what we're singing. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is tramping out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. 
He's loosed the fatal lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. God is coming in judgment. He is trumping out that judgment in the winepress. He has signed it forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out all human hearts before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. So what do we do? If we had read the first part of chapter 14, then we would already have noticed the answer of what we're about to do. And it's the same thing that I've been saying every week that we are to do based upon what we read in Revelation. We must patiently endure. We are not to give up, but we are to keep trusting in God, not turning to sin, but instead turning back to Christ. And that's what we read in verses 9 to 13 of this chapter, the part before we read about the harvest. This is what we're told about the judgment that's coming and about how we're to react. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. How do you die in the Lord? Well, to die in the Lord, you have to first Live in the Lord. You have to patiently endure in this world in Jesus Christ. So this is what we do this day. We live in the Lord, preparing to die in the Lord. We turn to him. We patiently endure all that Satan would throw at us. And we trust in the faithful one who will not abandon us. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the harvest. We thank you for all that you provide for us each and every day. But Lord, as we look ahead to the harvest that's to come, we pray, Lord, that whenever you wield your sharp sickle, that we would be gathered to you and that, Lord, we would die in you just as we have lived in you. Help us, Lord, each day to live in you. Help us to 
patiently endure all that comes our way so that you will be glorified. And now we pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with us all both now and forevermore. Amen.